I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're reading 2 Kings chapter 18, beginning with verse 13, down to chapter 19, verse 37. And then the parallel passages, 2 Chronicles chapter 32, verses 9 through 22. And then the entirety of Isaiah chapters 36 and 37. Now this is an incredible story about the city of Jerusalem being surrounded by the Assyrians after the Assyrians had taken over the entire region. And this is the fight of little old Jerusalem against the great Assyrian Empire. The um, the story, the incredible prophecy and turn of events, if you want to read what leads up to that, look at Second Kings chapter 18 verses 1 through 12 and Second Chronicles chapter 29 all the way through to chapter 32, verse 8. But the significance of these events just can't be understated. So let's get a little bit of an overview. Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, has conquered the entire region surrounding Jerusalem, including the northern kingdom of Israel and the walled cities of Judah. Only Jerusalem remains at this point in time unconquered. Hezekiah, the good king of Judah, tries to avoid takeover by sending a large tribute to Sennacherib, the king of Assyria. But that doesn't satisfy him. So now it's 701 B.C., and Sennacherib has Jerusalem surrounded and cut off with several hundred thousand soldiers. In desperation, Hezekiah sends for advice from the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah prophesies that Jerusalem will not fall to these Assyrians. A remarkable prophecy in light of their very bleak circumstances. In an incredible turn of events, 185,000 of these Assyrian soldiers surrounding Jerusalem just miraculously dropped dead one night. At the same time, word comes that the king of Assyria has trouble back home, which needs some immediate attention. So the Assyrians leave Jerusalem unconquered, and they return back home, never to return for a second effort. With that backdrop in mind, let's begin reading with 2 Kings chapter 18, verses 13 through 16, where we see that Sennacherib attacks Judah. Verse 13, Now in the fourteenth year of King Hezekiah did Sennacherib king of Assyria come up against all the fenced cities of Judah and took them. And Hezekiah king of Judah sent to the king of Assyria to Lachish, saying, I have offended, return from me, that which thou puttest on me will I bear. And the king of Assyria appointed unto Hezekiah king of Judah three hundred talents of silver and thirty talents of gold. And Hezekiah gave him all the silver that was found in the house of the Lord and in the treasures of the king's house. At that time did Hezekiah cut off the gold from the doors of the temple of the Lord and from the pillars which Hezekiah king of Judah had overlaid and gave it to the king of Assyria. This Sennacherib was the king of Assyria from 705 to 681 B.C. Let's take a moment to once again reiterate some facts about Assyria. Assyria is not the country of Syria. Assyria became a vast empire that sucked up the other countries in that region. 
Assyria was a military kingdom which had established itself by a successful revolt from Babylonia nearly 50 years earlier. Its seat was right there in modern-day Iraq next to the Tigris River. At this point in time, the inhabitants of the former Babylonian Empire were now subject to the rule of the Assyrians, as were also all of the countries in that region of the world. As we see in these verses, all the fenced cities of Judah, with the exception of Jerusalem, fell to Sennacherib. Hezekiah sought to pay tribute in lieu of an Assyrian evasion on Jerusalem, ravages, as a matter of fact, his own temple to cough up the funds. Since when is a world conqueror satisfied until he's actually conquered? Sennacherib takes the gold and silver, but Hezekiah's tribute only causes Sennacherib to crave more. Now, you'll notice in the following accounts that we're going to be reading here that 2 Kings chapters 18 and 19 contain near identical text as Isaiah chapters 36 and 37. 2 Chronicles chapter 32 only gives a brief summary of these events. So in our first section, we're going to read 2 Kings chapter 18, verses 17 to 37, then Isaiah chapter 36, verses 1 through 22, and then 2 Chronicles chapter 32, verses 9 through 19. So first, 2 Kings chapter 18, beginning with verse 17. And the king of Assyria sent Tartan and Rabsaris and Rabshakeh from Lachish to King Hezekiah with a great host against Jerusalem. And they went up and came to Jerusalem. And when they were come up, they came and stood by the conduit of the upper pool, which is in the highway of the fuller's field. And when they had called to the king, there came out to them Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, which was over the household, and Shebna, the scribe, and Joah, the son of Asaph, the recorder. And Rabshakeh said unto them, Speak ye now to Hezekiah, thus saith the great king, the king of Assyria, What confidence is this wherein thou trustest? Thou sayest, but they are but vain words, I have counsel and strength for the war. Now on whom dost thou trust, that thou rebellest against me? Now behold, thou trustest upon the staff of this bruised reed, even upon Egypt, on which if a man lean, it will go into his hand and pierce it. So is Pharaoh king of Egypt unto all that trust on him. But if he say unto me, We trust in the Lord our God, is not that he whose high places and whose altars Hezekiah hath taken away, and hath said to Judah and Jerusalem, Ye shall worship before this altar in Jerusalem? Now therefore I pray thee, give pledges to my lord the king of Assyria, and I will deliver thee two thousand horses, if thou be able on thy part to set riders upon them. How then wilt thou turn away the face of one captain of the least of my master's servants, and put thy trust on Egypt for chariots and for horsemen? Am I now come up without the Lord against this place to destroy it? The Lord said to me, Go up against this land and destroy it. Then said Eliakim the son of Hilkiah, and Shebna, and Joah, unto Rabshakeh, Speak, I pray thee, to thy servants in the Syrian language, for we understand it, and talk not with us in the Jews' language in the ears of the people that are on the wall. But Rabshakeh said unto them, Hath my master sent me to thy master, and to thee to speak these words? Hath not he sent me to the men which sit on the wall, that they may eat their own dung and drink their own piss with you? Then Rabshakeh stood and cried with a loud voice in the Jews' language, and spake, saying, Hear the word of the great king, the king of Assyria. Thus saith the king, Let not Hezekiah deceive you, for he shall not be able to deliver you out of his hand. 
Neither let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord, saying, The Lord will surely deliver us, and this city shall not be delivered into the hand of the king of Assyria. Hearken not to Hezekiah, for thus saith the king of Assyria, Make an agreement with me by a present, and come out to me, and then eat ye every man of his own vine, and every one of his fig tree, and drink ye every one the waters of his cistern, until I come and take you away to a land like your own land, a land of corn and wine, a land of bread and vineyards, a land of oil, olive, and of honey, that you may live and not die, and hearken not unto Hezekiah when he persuadeth you, saying, The Lord will deliver us. Hath any of the gods of the nations delivered at all his land out of the hand of the king of Assyria? Where are the gods of Hamath and of Arpad? Where are the gods of Sepharvaim, Hena, and Iva? Have they delivered Samaria out of mine hand? Who are they among all the gods of the countries that have delivered their country out of mine hand, that the Lord should deliver Jerusalem out of mine hand? But the people held their peace and answered him not a word, for the king's commandment was, saying, Answer him not. Then came Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, which was over the household, and Shebna, the scribe, and Joah, the son of Asaph, the recorder, to Hezekiah with their clothes rent, and told him the words of Rabshakeh. Now let's read the account from Isaiah chapter 36, beginning with verse 1. Now it came to pass in the fourteenth year of King Hezekiah that Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came up against all the defense cities of Judah and took them. And the king of Assyria sent Rabshakeh from Lachish to Jerusalem and to King Hezekiah with a great army. And he stood by the conduit of the upper pool in the highway of the fuller's field. Then came forth unto him Eliakim, Hilkiah's son, which was over the house, and Shebna the scribe, and Joah, Asaph's son, the recorder. And Rabshakeh said unto them, Say ye now to Hezekiah, Thus saith the great king, the king of Assyria, What confidence is this wherein thou trustest? I say, sayest thou, but they are but vain words, I have counsel and strength for war. Now on whom dost thou trust that thou rebellest against me? Lo, thou trustest in the staff of this broken reed on Egypt, whereon if a man lean, it will go into his hand and pierce it. So is Pharaoh king of Egypt to all that trust in him. But if thou say to me, We trust in the Lord our God, is it not he whose high places and whose altars Hezekiah hath taken away, and said to Judah and to Jerusalem, Ye shall worship before this altar? Now therefore give pledges, I pray thee, to my master the king of Assyria, and I will give thee two thousand horses, if thou be able on thy part to set riders upon them. How then wilt thou turn away the face of one captain of the least of my master's servants, and put thy trust on Egypt for chariots and for horsemen? And am I now come up without the Lord against his land to destroy it? The Lord said unto me, Go up against this land and destroy it. Then said Eliakim and Shebna and Joah unto Rabshakeh, Speak, I pray thee, unto thy servants in the Syrian language, for we understand it. And speak not to us in the Jews' language in the ears of the people that are on the wall. But Rabshakeh said, Hath my master sent me to thy master and to thee to speak these words? Hath he not sent me to the men that sit upon the wall, that they may eat their own dung and drink their own piss with you? Then Rabshakeh stood and cried with a loud voice in the Jews' languages and said, 
Hear ye the words of the great king, the king of Assyria. Thus saith the king, Let not Hezekiah deceive you, for he shall not be able to deliver you. Neither let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord, saying, The Lord will surely deliver us. This city shall not be delivered into the hand of the king of Assyria. Hearken not to Hezekiah, for thus saith the king of Assyria, Make an agreement with me by a present, and come out to me, and eat ye every one of his vine and every one of his fig tree, and drink ye every one the waters of his own cistern, until I come and take you away to a land like your own land, a land of corn and wine, a land of bread and vineyards. Beware lest Hezekiah persuade you, saying, The Lord will deliver us. Hath any of the gods of the nations delivered his land out of the hand of the king of Assyria? Where are the gods of Hamath and Arphad? Where are the gods of Sepharvaim? And have they delivered Samaria out of my hand? Who are they among all the gods of these lands that have delivered their land out of my hand, that the Lord should deliver Jerusalem out of my hand? But they held their peace and answered him not a word, for the king's commandment was saying, Answer him not. Then came Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, that was over the household, and Shebna the scribe, and Joah, the son of Asaph, the recorder, to Hezekiah with their clothes rent, and told him the words of Rabshakeh. Now we go over to Second Chronicles chapter 32, beginning here with verse 9. After this did Sennacherib king of Assyria send his servants to Jerusalem, but he himself laid siege against Lachish and all his power with him unto Hezekiah king of Judah, and unto all Judah that were at Jerusalem, saying, Thus saith Sennacherib king of Assyria, Whereon do ye trust that ye abide in the siege in Jerusalem? Doth not Hezekiah persuade you to give over yourselves to die by famine and by thirst, saying, The Lord our God shall deliver us out of the hand of the king of Assyria? Hath not the same Hezekiah taken away his high places and his altars, and commanded Judah and Jerusalem, saying, He shall worship before one altar, and burn incense upon it? Know ye not what I and my fathers have done unto all the people of other lands? Were the gods of the nations of those lands any ways able to deliver their lands out of mine hand? Who was there among all the gods of those nations that my fathers utterly destroyed, that could deliver his people out of mine hand? that your God should be able to deliver you out of mine hand. Now therefore, let not Hezekiah deceive you, nor persuade you on this manner, neither yet believe him. For no God of any nation or kingdom was able to deliver his people out of mine hand, and out of the hand of my fathers. How much less shall your God deliver you out of mine hand? And his servant spake yet more against the Lord God, and against his servant Hezekiah. He wrote also letters to rail on the Lord God of Israel and to speak against him, saying, As the gods of the nations of other lands have not delivered their people out of mine hand, so shall not the God of Hezekiah deliver his people out of mine hand. Then they cried with a loud voice in the Jews' speech unto the people of Jerusalem that were on the wall, to affright them and to trouble them, that they might take the city. And they spake against the God of Jerusalem as against the gods of the people of the earth, which were the work of the hands of man. Now you'll notice that the text, as I mentioned earlier, the text of Second Kings chapter 18, verses 17 to 37, that those words are nearly identical to the words of Isaiah chapter 36, verses 2 through 22. 
The Second Chronicles 32 account that we just read summarizes but abbreviates some of the account. Hezekiah has lost all the fortified cities of Judah to Assyria. Only Jerusalem of the fortified cities remains. After Hezekiah tries to buy Sennacherib off, King Sennacherib is still in Judah with his army, but he sends Rabshakeh, one of his officers, with a great army to speak to Hezekiah in Jerusalem. He hollers out some pretty intimidating threats in Hebrew that are to be reported back to Hezekiah. But really, they're designed to intimidate everybody within earshot. He points out that Egypt won't be able to help Jerusalem because they're very weak. And the Assyrian army has occupied the territory between Egypt and Judah anyway. Rabshakeh demonstrates his lack of understanding of Israel's worship when he suggests that Hezekiah had destroyed the worship centers of Jehovah, leaving only Jerusalem as a place of worship. He's referring to the pagan altars that Hezekiah had removed during his reign. He then taunts the men of Jerusalem by saying that if Assyria were to provide 2,000 horses, Hezekiah wouldn't even be able to supply the 2,000 fighting men for an army. Kind of a wager, it appears. The silver-tongued devil, so to speak, goes so far as to say that it was Jehovah who told him to come up against Jerusalem anyway, which is a big fat lie. When it was requested that he speak his words in Aramaic instead of Hebrew, so the other Jerusalem dwellers wouldn't understand his threatenings, he insists that they need to hear their fate under King Hezekiah by reinforcing this point in a disgustingly graphic way in 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 27, and Isaiah chapter 36, verse 12. Finally, Rabshakeh proclaims for all to hear that none of the gods of the other conquered nations had been able to prevent the siege of the Assyrians. Rabshakeh tells them that if they surrender, they won't die, but instead be deported to quality real estate in foreign lands. All in all, it was a pretty depressing day in Jerusalem. This event was similar to the leaflets the United States dropped to the people of Hiroshima prior to the devastation of that city in World War II. The king of Assyria intended for Rabshakeh's intimidating message to bring about a grassroots movement for the surrender of the city of Jerusalem. But then we find in our next passage of Scripture, 2 Kings chapter 19, verses 1-7, through 7, and Isaiah chapter 37, verses 1-7, through 7, that Hezekiah consults Isaiah. 2 Kings 19, verse 1. And it came to pass when King Hezekiah heard it, that he rent his clothes and covered himself with sackcloth and went into the house of the Lord. And he sent Eliakim, which was over the household, and Shebna the scribe, and the elders of the priest, covered with sackcloth, to Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amoz. And they said unto him, Thus saith Hezekiah, This day is a day of trouble, and of rebuke, and blasphemy. For the children are come to the birth, and there is not strength to bring forth. It may be the Lord thy God will hear all the words of Rabshakeh, whom the king of Assyria his master hath sent to reproach the living God, and will reprove the words which the Lord thy God hath heard. Wherefore lift up thy prayer for the remnant that are left. So the servants of king Hezekiah came to Isaiah, and Isaiah said unto them, Thus shall you say to your master, Thus saith the Lord, Be not afraid of the words which thou hast heard, with which the servants of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. Behold, I will send a blast upon him, and he shall hear a rumor, and shall return to his own land, and I will cause him to fall by the sword in his own land. 
Now the parallel passage over in Isaiah chapter 37, verse 1. And it came to pass when King Hezekiah heard it that he rent his clothes and covered himself with sackcloth and went into the house of the Lord. And he sent Eliakim, who was over the household, and Shebna the scribe, and the elders of the priests covered with sackcloth, and to Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amoz. And they said unto him, Thus saith Hezekiah, This day is a day of trouble, and of rebuke, and of blasphemy, for the children are come to the birth, and there is not strength to bring forth. It may be the Lord thy God will hear the words of Rabshakeh, whom the king of Assyria his master hath sent to reproach the living God, and will reprove the words which the Lord thy God hath heard. Wherefore, lift up thy prayer for the remnant that is left. So the servants of King Hezekiah came to Isaiah. And Isaiah said unto them, Thus shall ye say unto your master, Thus saith the Lord, Be not afraid of the words that thou hast heard, wherewith the servants of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. Behold, I will send a blast upon him, and he shall hear a rumor, and return to his own land, and I will cause him to fall by the sword in his own land. Now, as I mentioned, you'll notice the identical accounts by the writer of Second Kings and Isaiah. There is no similar account to this in Second Chronicles. It seems to me that it might have been a better idea to consult God's man Isaiah before Hezekiah sent all his wealth to Sennacherib. For impact, let's assess the situation here. Little old Jerusalem is surrounded by hundreds of thousands of Assyrian soldiers who've just conquered all of Jerusalem's neighboring countries, along with a large chunk of Judah itself. Now, only a little dot on the map, little old Jerusalem, still remains unconquered. And the guy outside says it's hopeless to resist. He's even admitted that surrender means deportation to a favorable land, but fighting, well, that means death. While everybody else in Jerusalem panics, King Hezekiah sends his leaders to Isaiah for consultation. At this point, Isaiah sends a message by them back to Hezekiah, saying, Jerusalem will not fall. Isaiah tells Hezekiah that God will send Sennacherib and his big old army packing back to Assyria because of a rumored uprising there. Now, that's a remarkable prophecy. In the next passage... 2 Kings chapter 19, verses 8 through 14, and Isaiah chapter 37, verses 8 through 14, we see that Rabshakeh goes home, but he writes a letter back. 2 Kings 19, verse 8. So Rabshakeh returned and found the king of Assyria warring against Libna, for he had heard that he was departed from Lachish. And when he heard say of Terhaka, king of Ethiopia, behold, he has come out to fight against thee, he sent messengers again unto Hezekiah, saying, Thus shall ye speak to Hezekiah, king of Judah, saying, Let not thy God in whom thou trustest deceive thee, saying, Jerusalem shall not be delivered into the hand of the king of Assyria. Behold, thou hast heard what the kings of Assyria have done to all the lands, by destroying them utterly, and thou shalt be delivered. Have the gods of the nations delivered them which my fathers have destroyed, as Gozan and Haran? and Rezeph, and the children of Eden, which were in Thelazer? Where is the king of Hamath, and the king of Arpad, and the king of the city of Sepharvaim, of Hena, and Iva? And Hezekiah received the letter of the hand of the messengers, and read it. And Hezekiah went up into the house of the Lord, and spread it before the Lord. 
Now the parallel passage over in Isaiah chapter 37, beginning with verse 8. So Rabshakeh returned and found the king of Assyria warring against Libna, for he had heard that he was departed from Lachish. And he heard say concerning Terhaka, king of Ethiopia, he has come forth to make war with thee. And when he heard it, he sent messengers to Hezekiah, saying, Thus shall you speak to Hezekiah, king of Judah, saying, Let not thy God, in whom thou trustest, deceive thee, saying, Jerusalem shall not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. Behold, thou hast heard what the kings of Assyria have done to all the lands by destroying them utterly. And shalt thou be delivered? Have the gods of the nations delivered them which my fathers have destroyed, as Gozan and Haran and Rezif and the children of Eden, which were in Telazer? Where is the king of Hamath and the king of Arphad and the king of the city of Sepharvaim, Hena and Iva? And Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up into the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. Now again, you'll notice the Second Kings 19 and Isaiah 37 are nearly identical. But again, there's no comparable details to this account in Second Chronicles. After his return to Assyrian king Sennacherib, who's fighting near Jerusalem in Libna, Rabshakeh sends a messenger telling Hezekiah that while he's dodged a bullet, it's just a matter of time, he's going to fall. He's a typical bully, going to tell you what he can do without really doing it. So in 2 Kings chapter 19, verses 15 through 19, 2 Chronicles chapter 32, verse 20, and Isaiah chapter 37, verses 15 through 20, Hezekiah prays about the situation. 1 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 15. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord God of Israel, which dwellest between the cherubims, thou art the God, even thou alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth. Thou hast made heaven and earth. Lord, bow down thine ear, and hear open, Lord, thine eyes, and see and hear the words of Sennacherib, which hath sent him to reproach the living God. Of a truth, Lord, the kings of Assyria have destroyed the nations and their lands, and have cast their gods into the fire. For they were no gods, but the work of the men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore they have destroyed them. Now therefore, O Lord our God, I beseech thee, save thou us out of his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord, even thou only. And now over to Second Chronicles chapter 32, just one verse, verse 20. And for this cause Hezekiah the king and the prophet Isaiah the son of Amos prayed and cried to heaven. Again, Second Kings 19 and Isaiah chapter 37 give near identical accounts of Hezekiah's prayer. Second Chronicles 32 simply says that Hezekiah in fact prayed. Well, hey, why didn't we think of this earlier? After outlining Jehovah's greatness, Hezekiah gets to the point. Show the nations the power of the God of Judah. Though from a practical perspective, things look pretty hopeless. Hezekiah takes the letter from Isaiah and goes to pray for deliverance. I like Isaiah's appeal to God in 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 19, also Isaiah 37, 20. He says, Now therefore, O Lord our God, save us from his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord, even thou only. 
After all, the Assyrian king Sennacherib, uh, he hadn't just challenged Jerusalem. He challenged Jerusalem's God. In our next section of Scripture, Isaiah gives this remarkable prophecy. It's found in 2 Kings chapter 19, verses 20 to 34, and also Isaiah chapter 37, verses 21 to 35. First to 2 Kings 19, verse 20. Then Isaiah the son of Amos sent to Hezekiah, saying, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, That which thou hast prayed to me against Sennacherib king of Assyria, I have heard. This is the word that the Lord hath spoken concerning him. The virgin, the daughter of Zion, hath despised thee, and laughed thee to scorn. The daughter of Jerusalem hath shaken her head at thee. Whom hast thou reproached and blasphemed? And against whom hast thou exalted thy voice and lifted up thine eyes on high? even against the Holy One of Israel. By thy messengers thou hast reproached the Lord, and hast said, With the multitude of my chariots I am come up to the height of the mountains, to the sides of Lebanon, and will cut down the tall cedar trees thereof, and the choice fir trees thereof, and I will enter into the lodgings of his borders, and into the forest of his carmel. I have digged and drunk strange waters, and with the sole of my feet have I dried up all the rivers of besieged places. Hast thou not heard long ago how I have done it, and of ancient times that I have formed thee? Now have I brought it to pass that thou shouldest be to lay waste fenced cities unto ruinous heaps. Therefore their inhabitants were all of small power, they were dismayed and confounded. They were as the grass of the field, and as the green herb, as the grass of the housetops, and as the corn blasteth before it be grown up. But I know thy abode, and thy going out, and thy coming in, and thy rage against me. Because thy rage against me, and thy tumult has come up into mine ears, therefore I will put my hook in thy nose, and my bridle in thy lips, and I will cause thee to turn back by the way by which thou camest. And this shall be a sign unto thee, ye shall eat this year such things as grow of themselves, and in the second year that which springeth of the same, and the third year sow ye, and reap, and plant vineyards, and eat the fruits thereof. And the remnant that is escaped of the house of Judah shall yet again take root downward, and bear fruit upward. For out of Jerusalem shall go forth a remnant, and they that escaped out of Mount Zion, the zeal of the Lord of hosts, shall do this. Therefore thus saith the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, He shall not come into this city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with shield, nor cast a bank against it. By the way that he came, by the same shall he return, and shall not come into this city, saith the Lord. For I will defend the city to save it for mine own sake, and for my servant David's sake. Now over to Isaiah chapter 37, verse 21. Then Isaiah the son of Amos sent unto Hezekiah, saying, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Whereas thou hast prayed to me against Sennacherib king of Assyria, this is the word which the Lord hath spoken concerning him. The virgin, the daughter of Zion, hath despised thee, and laughed thee to scorn. The daughter of Jerusalem hath shaken her head at thee, whom thou hast reproached and blasphemed, and against whom hast thou exalted thy voice and lifted up thine eyes on high even against the Holy One of Israel. By thy servants hast thou reproached the Lord, and hast said, By the multitude of my chariots am I come 
up to the height of the mountains, to the sides of Lebanon. And I will cut down the tall cedars thereof, and the choice fir trees thereof. And I will enter into the height of his border, and the forest of his carmel. I have digged and drunk water, and with the sole of my feet have I dried up all the rivers of the besieged places. Hast thou not heard long ago how I have done it, and of ancient times that I have formed it? Now have I brought it to pass, that thou shouldest be to lay waste defense cities into ruinous heaps. Therefore their inhabitants were of small power. They were dismayed and confounded. They were as the grass of the field, and as the green herb, as the grass on the housetops, and as corn blasted before it be grown up. But I know thy abode, and thy going out, and thy coming in, and thy rage against me, because thy rage against me, and thy tumult is come up into mine ears. Therefore will I put my hook in thy nose, and my bridle in thy lips, and I will turn thee back by the way by which thou camest. And this shall be a sign unto thee. Ye shall eat this year such as groweth of itself, and the second year that which springeth of the same. And in the third year sow ye, and reap, and plant vineyards, and eat the fruit thereof. And the remnant that is escaped of the house of Judah shall again take root downward, and bear fruit upward. For out of the Jerusalem shall go forth a remnant. And they that escape out of Mount Zion, the zeal of the Lord of hosts, shall do this. Therefore thus saith the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, He shall not come into the city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with shields, nor cast a bank against it. By the way that he came, by the same shall he return, and shall not come into this city, saith the Lord. For I will defend this city to save it for mine own sake, and for my servant David's sake. Isaiah's prophetic reply to Hezekiah is found in near-identical accounts in 2 Kings chapter 19 and Isaiah chapter 37. And again, 2 Chronicles doesn't record Isaiah's prophecy. Well, the prayer is heard. Isaiah prophesies. He says that Sennacherib's successes to this point had been prophesied, but now it's over. No Jerusalem for King Sennacherib. He tells Hezekiah that he and his city will survive with a remnant. No fall to these Assyrians. Notice why Jerusalem will not be conquered by the Assyrians. In 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 34, it says, For I will defend the city to save it for mine own sake and for my servant David's sake. So Isaiah prophesies that Jerusalem will not be conquered by Sennacherib's Assyrian army. Now that's remarkable. And that brings us to our last section of Scripture today, where we find divine deliverance for Jerusalem, recorded in 2 Kings chapter 19, verses 35 to 37, 2 Chronicles chapter 32, verses 21 and 22, and Isaiah chapter 37, verses 36 through 38. First of all, 2 Kings 19, verse 35. And it came to pass that night that the angel of the Lord went out and smote in the camp of the Assyrians and a hundred, fourscore, and five thousand. And when they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and went and returned and dwelt at Nineveh. And it came to pass, as he was worshipping in the house of Nisroch his god, that Adramelech and Sherezer his son smote him with the sword and they escaped into the land of Armenia. And Esarhaddon his son reigned in his stead. 
Now over to Isaiah chapter 37, verse 36. Then the angel of the Lord went forth and smote in the camp of the Assyrians an hundred and fourscore and five thousand. And when they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and went and returned and dwelt at Nineveh. And it came to pass, as he was worshipping in the house of Nisroch, his god, that Adram-Melech and Sherezer, his son, smote him with the sword, and they escaped into the land of Armenia. And Esar Hadan, his son, reigned in his stead. Now over to Second Chronicles chapter 32, verse 21. And the Lord sent an angel which cut off all the mighty men of valor and the leaders and captains in the camp of the king of Assyria. So he returned with shame of face to his own land. And when he was come into the house of his God, they that came forth of his own bowels slew him there with the sword. Thus the Lord saved Hezekiah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem from the hand of Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, and from the hand of all other and guided them on every side. Now again you'll notice that Second Kings 19 and Isaiah 37 record identical details about what went wrong for Sennacherib and his Assyrian army surrounding Jerusalem. Second Chronicles chapter 32 just summarizes the events. Now here's the exciting part. That very night an angel destroys 185,000 Assyrian troops miraculously. They just wake up dead. Well, troop challenged, Sennacherib returns home to Nineveh. Yes, that's Jonah's Nineveh. There his sons assassinate him, we find recorded in Second Kings 19.37 and Isaiah 37, verse 38. And one of his sons, Esar Hadan, takes over as king. Sennacherib should have spent more time child-rearing and less time warring. It's not healthy to mess with Judah's God, by the way. God had a supernatural solution to what seemed to be an impossible problem, and thus Jerusalem is spared. Nahum had prophesied regarding the death of Sennacherib over in Nahum chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, including the fact, by the way, that it would take place in the presence of his gods. We see in 2 Kings 19.37 and Isaiah 37.38 that Sennacherib was worshipping in the house of Nisroch his god, at the time that his own sons assassinated him. Now, is this an exciting story or what? This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Faith Bible Church, Paul Walker.